0: Well, I think that was beautiful that we celebrate communion as part of Mission Sunday. So, thank you, thank you, Jeff and and ministry team. Well, hopefully the videos that you saw give you kind of the big picture of what the Church of the Nazarene does uh, through Faith Promise and World Evangelism Fund uh, in proclaiming the gospel around the world. So, I, I want to share five specific ministries that we're involved in. And um, again, the why why do we do it is because uh, they, they allow us to be the hands and feet of Jesus, but the I question again is maybe how can I be involved in one of these ministries this coming year? So I want to ask that question as, as we talk. Um, I don't know if you know this, and you can go ahead and come on up. Yeah, um, that the United States is a designated mission field for the Church of the Nazarene, so um, we're we're part of the global the global church's uh, mission field. Part of how we do missions locally is to partner with local ministries in helping them uh, impact their communities for Christ. This year we've partnered with uh, Lakeside Church, we've partnered with um, Mid City, we've partnered with Living Water, um, Church of the Nazarene, among others. Aurora Anaya is, um, uh, that's her, Uh, she's responsible for the community food distribution in Mid-City, and we're, we're going to talk a little bit about a project we did. So I'm going to first just talk about the construction, and then she's going to talk about the actual ministry. So if you could put up the slides. So that one's kind of hard to see. Um, we we um, started by, we found um, asbestos and lead um, on the and the walls and the floors and stuff, so we had to remediate the the. The site, so we, we this church actually paid for that. Um, we this is just some pictures of the remediation. You can tell we kind of tore up the walls. It, it turned out to be a way bigger project than we initially thought, quite honestly. But um, mm-hmm. working better, there we go. Um, this is we yeah, actually had a group come down. Uh, the young adults came down and, and worked on it. Uh, we're still. Okay, I'm just trying to kind of. Uh, turned out we we took that wall out, turned in, uh, had put in a big beam. If I can, there we go. You can see the big beam we're putting up. Uh, that was a lot of fun actually, um, <laughs> and we had a ton. We had I, I, we had like literally ten guys uh, when we we put that thing up. Ed Lewis, by the way, was amazing. He's not here today, but. He really led the project and was amazing. Um, there were a bunch of guys watching somebody do work. Uh, then we had, uh, we had a group of teens come down from the Central Cal District to help. That was awesome. Um, and then we, here I'm spraying with all my goofy headgear on. And then um, that's kind of before we put the floor down. We're putting the floor down. Bob Bixel was in charge of that. Great job, Bob. Um, and then... That's kind of the finished product. So you're not great. Um, so yeah. So all right. Aurora's going to talk about the ministry. Thank you. Yeah.
1: Hi everyone. My name is Aurora. Thank you for having me here at your church today. Uh, thank you very for inviting me. It's a very beautiful church. It's my first time coming here. Um, and I was very exciting. Excited to meet the place and see Familiar Faces who have helped out with the Mid-City Food Market Project and also Familiar Faces who also helped me out a lot during the food distributions on Saturdays. Thank you so much for that. So the food market, or we're still trying to figure out a name so anybody has ideas? Fresh Food Market, Mid-City Market. I honestly, I don't know yet, <laughs> but Food Market. So it's a client choice model where uh, our clients or people in the community experiencing food insecurity can go to the food market and shop. Um, All the food is free, but I say shop because the way it's going to work is people are going to receive points, monthly points allocated to their household size or family size. And with those monthly points, they'll be able to go into the market and shop the food and they'll be able to choose their own food um, our current model for the food distributions is an assembly line we have our food and volunteers place the food on the table and then we give them a certain amount that people pass by in a line grab the food and put it in their carts or in their bags the market hopefully will be able to get rid of all the lines so people won't have to wait for two or four, maybe even more hours in line trying to get food assistance. With the food market, they'll be able to make their own appointments through email or phone call or just same day walk-in appointments if there are any available. Um, Additionally, the best part of it all is that they'll be able to choose their own food. Just as everybody here, most people here, Go to a food market, the grocery store, and you're able to pick out the food, grab the food, look at an apple and say, hmm, I want this apple, or no, I don't want this one, and then put it aside. Same thing for them. They'll be able to have that ability to choose themselves and look at the food for themselves and decide what they want and what they don't want, or what they want for their families and what they want to cook that day for their children, and et cetera. Um, so I'm very excited for that. Um,
0: Okay. No, I, the okay. thing I want to add just is that um, we talked a little bit about how it, it gives dignity to the to that person. Yes. You're not standing in a long, literally 200 or 300 people line. You're actually going in and shopping, um, and that brings dignity. And because and a lot of these people are they're the working poor, they have a job, they just can't afford to feed their, their, their families, so. Anyway, thank you, Aurora. Great ministry. Thank you uh, for allowing us you. to be partners. Yeah,
2: yeah. Thank you.
1: Thank you so much. And thank you, Bob, and Ed, who's here, and Ivan. They're yeah. the four people who took charge in the whole project. Then. Yeah.
0: Thank you. Um, okay. So. Um, the fruit of this ministry is, like I said, the dignity it provides. Um, it also allows them to uh, have deeper conversations about their faith. Obviously, not everybody coming through the door is a Christian. They get a chance to talk about their, their life but, and, and just meet basic human needs. So, anyway, Steve Gilbert's going to talk about, and April are going to talk, looks like, about the uh, district trip to Brazil. Good morning. Good morning.
3: Yeah, we had the opportunity this last May with 10 other individuals from our Southern California Nazarene District to go to the Amazon River in Brazil. We had people from Temecula, Riverside, uh, and three people from this church. My beautiful wife and we had, we were blessed to have Renata along with us and myself. Um, as we traveled on the Amazon River, uh, I just want to point out the boat is called the Hope Boat. And guess what? It was purchased with Faith Promise money. So Faith Promise is very important. So we we ate, we slept, we sang, we worked on that boat. And it was even air conditioned. Um, It was kind of fun sleeping in hammocks as we traveled down the river. Um, Something I'll never forget. Um, But to give you uh, an idea how far and big the river is, it's their freeway. There's no roads through the jungle, so we traveled 20 hours straight sometimes. All night long, the captain was going. So it was a great adventure. We saw God show up as we work with kids. We were invited to public schools to share the Bible. It's a little bit different in the United States. Uh, we met chiefs. We met indigenous people, and it was just an amazing trip. And we saw God and Jesus show up big time. So April's going to speak some more.
2: Bonjour. Um, It was an amazing trip. This was our fourth time to Brazil, but we never got anybody to go with us before. So we were excited that the district came. Uh, We had the district superintendent. We had several pastors. And then on the Brazil team, it was really cool because half of the people that were doing the work were Brazilians. So we had chiefs from the local tribes because a lot of our work was with indigenous villages that live on small islands in the river. Uh, we had their district superintendent. We had a lady working in the kitchen, and I'm thinking because she's just a worker. It turns out she runs the tutoring center. She taught the Bible study that we went to later in the week. So their church family is really active and involved in missions. And um, they even had Bible translators in the indigenous languages that taught us how to be culturally sensitive and how to behave when we reached the villages, what was okay and what wasn't. So that was really amazing on this trip. And um, you could just see God working Um, for the people of Brazil. It meant a lot to them because since COVID, we were the first team from out of the country to come. And for the Americans, we were so blessed in watching their acts of service in the way that they helped us um, deal with different things about the trip and the language and everything like that. They were just so gracious as hosts. And there is another trip that's proposed for 2025. So you might think about if you want to put that on your calendar.
0: Thanks. Thanks. So the, the, the fruit of this trip, um, they, they actually started a church. They didn't mention that. On the spot, they just started a church. So hallelujah. Um, they, they shared the gospel with a lot of folks and, and just encouraged the, the Brazilian people, to know that their brothers and sisters across the world are, are, are praying and, and, you know, funding and doing those kinds of things. So Vic's going to come up and talk about um, Casa Nazarena.
4: Okay, uh, just to the west of Brazil is the country of Bolivia. And Judy and I have been able to participate in and now lead trips to Bolivia each July. And so we're going to tell you a little bit about, and we have some slides showing some of the activities we do each July in Bolivia. We are called Mavericks because we come from different churches. We had five from our church, Ricardo Serrano, and we had Dean and Deborah Kirby and Judy and myself this past July. And some, several of you may have been involved in some of the past trips or in supporting, one way or another, the ministry ministry. Uh, The the work was begun by Larry and Judy Webb a number of years ago, probably about 24 years ago. Uh, They're retired missionaries, and he passed away a couple years ago and asked me to start leading these trips. And we go to Trinidad, Bolivia. It's the capital of the state of Beni. And we do a lot of different activities there, including medical clinics, uh, vision clinics, where we bring glasses that. People donate and take them to uh, people who may need extra help with their eyesight. We also had a dental clinic this past July, and we'll be continuing that, uh, where we give fluoridation treatments to the children in the neighborhood. So there's a lot of practical things we do for the people in the community. We also show the Jesus film, and we led several people to the Lord through this uh, ministry where we uh, go out and evangelize the neighborhood. We do vacation Bible schools. Uh, Judy helped with that. And we had several others. Uh, Deborah was really instrumental in helping us with the vacation Bible school. And we had uh, pretty close to 50 children participating by the end of the week. We also do construction. And no construction skills are needed. You just come and help participate in helping uh, in building buildings. Uh, We finished one building already, the sanctuary The next building is a dormitory and a water filtration plant. And then the third building a few years from now will be an office and daycare center. So that's uh, pretty much what we do. We're going to be going July 5th to the 18th, 2024. Information is at the missions table out in the courtyard. And then I will mention one other missions trip that we help with, and that is to Mexico in the city of Hermesillo, Sonora Mexico we do it in March several here have participated in that trip we help at an orphanage Uh, Paul and Marlene Plum who used to be part of our congregation had moved away they help lead uh, this activity and we're there supporting about two dozen children and uh, leaders from different houses they put them into different houses like little families and we go there just to provide some help and encouragement. So uh, your faith promise helps in both of these areas, Armasio, Mexico, Trinidad, Bolivia, and many others that are on the map in the handout you got. Thank you.
0: So the fruit of of the first trip, really lives changed, buildings built. Um, Again, that's the fruit of your giving. Uh, on Casa Esperanza, the, this, the other trip, we're, we're helping kids that have just been in horrible situations and we're able to share God's love and, and that's the fruit of that trip. So, um, We uh, also did a trip uh, this year down to Honduras. Uh, we, we work with a ministry called Coco Gracias. Coco Gracias is a, a trade school a Christian-based tra- trade school that teaches mechanics and sewing and computers and English, um, and um, all in the context of, of a Christian environment. Jerry and, uh, and uh, Tim Hart went, and they're going to share a little bit about the trip.
5: All right, so one of the many things we did is we went to this school. It's in San Pedro Sula, which is actually a couple hours away from the technical school. And uh, what's happened is back in uh, 2020, um, uh, there was a group of students here that uh, lost their scholarship. Now, what happens is it's school, but they don't – it's not free. Uh, Like uh, It's public school, but it's not free. So they have to come up with their money. And so we were able to raise some funds through Cocao Gracias to uh, allow – about a dozen students to continue their education. And so um, we've continued that support, and uh, we got to meet the kids. There was a picture, just the last one was a picture of the, the students, and we got to meet their parents. We got to hear from the students about, like, what are their dreams for You know, going forward after they get their education, there's ones that, you know, want to be engineers, other ones um, wanted to be architects, different sorts of things like that. So it's really fantastic to hear from the kids themselves, meet them. School's really interesting, a lot of energy. Um, But the really interesting thing, I think, that, um, you know, you said, well, what's the connection with CoCal Gracias? I think, Uh, The biggest thing is uh, the pastor of this school or that runs this school is a Nazarene pastor. His name is Victor Hugo. Um, And he uh, and and Brian Rourke, who's the the ministry leader for Colcal Gracias, have kind of created this connection and it's really good because pastor hugo is kind of an older guy it provides an opportunity f- f- to have somebody there locally that are pretty local that brian can talk to and it's one example also of in cocal gracias how their ministry it's not just a technical school it's got this really broad scope you know we did this stuff in agua caliente last year we went up there again this year for a year for a for a day um You know, this uh, school uh, stuff, they have worship services on Wednesdays. I mean, there's all kinds of things going on. It's actually really interesting. And so um, part of being involved with them is all these little things they have going on where they're trying to reach into people's lives and and bring Christ in. Hi, my name
6: is Tim, and I had the honor of going with Barry and Jerry to Honduras to – Visit Cocal and all their ministries this past summer, uh, and as Jerry was saying, um, all the funds coming from um, Faith Promise, all our contributions—five, ten, twenty dollars a month—may not seem like very much, but all together, um, it allows Cocal Gracias to minister all over Honduras. Um, one of their main things is they run a trade school in Puerto Cortez, and This trade school, students come, they learn English, auto mechanics, um, sewing, uh, different trade skills so they can get out and get a job afterwards. And so we asked these students, because some of them come from like three plus hours away, why do you come here? Um, What do you enjoy about this place? And the number one thing they would all say would be like the Christian atmosphere. Um, All the teachers are Christian. They run Bible studies during their breaks so that everybody's able to attend. Um, they have a Wednesday night service. And every semester, um, CoCal Gracia sends out a quarterly update. And on all those updates, they always talk about how students are accepting Christ as their personal savior, um, so that's great to see. And Coca Gracias is also expanding. They also have the Children's Center um, up in Agua Caliente, as Jerry was saying. And this provides a spot for students to go after school. There's not a lot of opportunities up in the Hill community that they're in. So this provides a place where they can go, get extra support after school on their homework, um, learn more, and also has family-friendly activities in the evenings. So through Faith's Promise investment um, in coca Gracias, in addition to all the other churches giving across the country, They're investing not only in the students' lives both here on Earth, but also in their eternal life as well.
0: Thanks, Tim. We we drove up to one of the students' uh, houses. He said, oh, it's not that far. Well, it was like a two-hour Jeep trail drive up to this guy's house. And he said, now let's go to our neighbor. Well, the neighbor was another you know, 30 minutes on an even worse road. These guys, one guy hiked down. It took him three or four hours one way to go to the class. Um, and he finally got a motorcycle and he goes faster now. But, but man, we take everything so for granted. And then you see someone like that. And and their lives are being changed. They come in as not as Christians, but their lives are being changed. Um, so, anyway, you, we are doing another trip in August if you would like to... Uh, participate in that, see me, or, or, or sign up at the mission table. So the, the last opportunity I want to talk about is uh, the family mission trip. Uh, this, this really is just a, it's a great opportunity for you to go with your family, um, work alongside them in spreading the gospel. Uh, it's also a great opportunity to work side-by-side side with people in the church. It's ha- how I got to know a lot of you guys more deeply, you know, is, is through the family mission trip, uh, and it's also a good way to connect with our sister church in Tacate. So Jeff and Becca and their family have been down, I think three years now, four years, but two. Seems longer. I know. <laughs> no, they are the, they are kind of some of the rock stars of our trip. So they they've been and they're gonna they're gonna share a little bit. I'm gonna who's gonna go? For, okay, you want me to ask you the question or do you? you I'll ask you the question. How that? Go for so, it. So all right. So, Pastor Gordon has really been inconveniencing my life, I know, and, and in his preaching. It's been great. I love it. Um, so, he's been talking about an inconvenient faith, and I've, you guys just told me how hard it is to work your schedule so that you can make it on this trip. So, tell, tell us about that, and why, why do you do it?
7: Yes, for sure. So, it is the week between Christmas and New Year's which is a hard time of year. We have, I have a brother flying in from New York. Jeff has a sister flying in from Nashville, all for Christmas. They all come just between Christmas and New Year's, right when this trip is. So it's a lot of juggling and figuring it out and trying to make it a priority. And Barry said that we were rock stars. I think it's because we came a day or two late, so everybody was really tired. And then we showed up and gave some energy because it was our first day there. Um, but it requires kind of juggling schedules. It requires time and energy. It requires being willing to jump into an experience that isn't our normal everyday life. And it also requires some money because you have to pay for the trip because you go down and you stay in a church and they need to buy materials and things and food and everything. So there is a big commitment there in um, just taking a step of faith and going out of your normal comfort zone of, of what we normally are. When I ask the kids about it and, you know, would they do it again, Cooper immediately says, yes, everybody should do it because it's awesome. So if you guys have questions, definitely, yes, (laughs) definitely ask my kids about it because they are one of the reasons why we make it a priority to go because they have such a good time um, with everybody else. So I'm going to let Kenzie talk a little bit about what we do on the family missions trip.
1: Yeah. Um, My favorite parts of the family mission trips is one, we get to build a house, no matter how old you are or what your skill level is, you get to build a house for someone who needs it. And Two, you get to – you can participate or help in a VBS for kids and tell them about Jesus even if they, like, have never heard it before. And third, you get to make lots of new friends and hang out with people and, like, play games, and it's really fun. (laughs)
8: Um, As a dad and as parents, one of the biggest things for me – was getting to watch my kids work alongside many of you in the church and watching them pound nails or mix cement and do it with a joyful spirit in, in a way of service. And, you know, as I reflect on the trip, it's not so much, sure, we built a house, um, but I think what I'm, what I'm most proud of is the character and the heart that this church Instills and helps our kids, and this is one wonderful way to do that. um, Both for yourself, if you don't do work, you don't know how to do it. I was out last year with a bad back, and Barry wouldn't let me touch a stinking hammer, and I was I would reach for it and be like, no, 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 and I'm like, all right. But I got to watch and and witness this incredible dynamic play out, and it was a massive blessing. Um, Barry asked, what's the return on investment? And I'm like hundreds, thousands fold for me um, and my family. So thank you. Great.
0: Thanks. You can just put it back. Thanks, guys. Okay. So um, I love this trip. I hope you can go. Um, The fruit of this particular trip, you know, we build a home. Great. um, And great stories about building the home. Uh, we, we, more importantly, we strengthen relationships with our families. My kids went, you know, when they were younger and all through high school. And, and just great time. We get to strengthen relationships with, with our church family, uh, and which is really good. And then we also get to share Christ and strengthen relationships with our neighbors to the south, which is, it's all good. Uh, that's the fruit. So our one-day slab four is uh, November the 18th. Um, and you can sign up at the table. Anybody can go if you have a passport. So encourage you to go. Uh, we also have the four-day build. It's so the 27th through the 31st of December. And again, if you have a passport, you can go. We'll find, we'll find something for you to do. So hope, hopefully you can make that trip. Well, I, I hope we've been able to convey that Mission Church really, really, really believes in missions. I I love my pastor who loves missions. Um, He really does. And so I I, I thank you for that. Um, We really believe in missions locally. You've heard about that and globally. Um, uh, Hopefully you've been able to see the fruit of what Faith Promise does today. You know, the church got started in the Amazon River. We have uh, students who have been reached for Christ we have dignity brought to the working poor. Those are, that's all the fruit of our collective giving. so thank you. Um, our, our prayer quite honestly, is that everybody is involved in missions in some way. Um, can I can go back to what I asked at the beginning of the service. Uh, what is the role for me and for you in faith promise? how can I bear fruit through participating in faith promise? Um, it's something we should all do. We can all do. We can all pray. We can all give a little or a lot. We can, we can go somewhere. So I, w- I would encourage you to do that. I just pray that God prompts, God will prompt you. I, I pray that we simply listen to God's prompting. Thank you. Thanks,
9: Appreciate you, Barry. Can I just tell you how proud I am of you all being here today on time on a day when the clock changed, right? And so I got a text from my pastor friend. He says, hey, Gordon, great news. This Sunday, you get the opportunity to preach an hour longer in your sermon. (laughs) I'm not going to do that. I'm here. By the way, thanks, Jim. (laughs) I'm here to to receive the tithes and offerings, okay? But what I really want to do is to echo the very things that Barry has been talking about and the importance and the passion in my own heart for missions. Um, Number one, missions, as Barry has been talking about, fits the profile of the mission statement of our church. If you look on your bulletin, You will see the mission statement of our church. It's to authentically love God, humbly serve one another, and intentionally share Christ. All of those things are covered in missions and the very things that we do. And so, number one, it fits the profile of who we are. Every single one of us here who make mission church your home church should be involved in missions in some way. It's so exciting. So that's the first thing. The second thing is, Barry has invited you to come and be a part, to pray, to give, and to go. And for the past few years, it's been so great to see Steve and April and Vic and Judy up here as they talk. Barry, next year, when we do Faith Promise, my hope is that many of you will get to say, I'm gonna try this I'm gonna go and when you do go just like seeing Tim Hart up here because Tim you went seeing the Allen family up here because the Allen family went. maybe we get all new people to share their experience because I promise you and this comes from my own life experience and that is this if you go on a missions trip you will never be the same. You will look at missions completely different, not, not just because you got to go and make a difference, but the difference has been made in you. And you will stand up here with excitement and enthusiasm and passion, and you say, I went last year on the Mavic trip, and oh my gosh, it was amazing, and this is what we got to do. And you will be a voice for missions, a new voice, that we need. We need our college students to come and join us. And I know Point Loma does a great job with missions. I was introduced to missions partly going on a couple of Love Works trips. That's why my heart burns brightly for missions. And if you've never been on a missions trip before, you have no idea what you're missing out on. So let me encourage you to take part, to join together in prayer. Pull out this uh, commitment card. And, and today, if you're ready to make a commitment, we're going to receive the tithes and offerings in just one brief moment. If you're ready, would you fill this out and put it into the offering plate? But if you're not ready to make that commitment yet and you, fa- you feel like you're going to have to pray about it, because today my heart's been challenged. I came today thinking I'm going to give something, and I knew what I was going to give, and then as I was listening... The Lord burdened my heart to to do more. And so I'm going to talk to my wife and we're going to go home and we're going to pray about this so that we can do our part to give by faith so that God can do his work all over the world because we get the opportunity to take part in it. So pray about this. Bring this back next week and next week missionaries will come and you get to hear amazing stories of what God is doing all over the world and then decide. Am I going to go and be a part of something this year where I get the opportunity to change lives, but knowing that my life will change? And hopefully, prayerfully, somebody here sitting down will be standing on this stage next year telling your story of how God was made alive in your heart. Missions. Will the ushers please come forward, and um, let us take this opportunity to pray about what what God can do in this in this area of faith promise in my life and in your life in missions. Father in heaven, oh, I'm so excited, <laughs> and I didn't even get to preach today because I heard the messages. From all those who came on this stage and talking about how the kingdom of God has impacted lives all over the world. And and the, the great reminder that Jeff shared with us that all over the world, the kingdom of God, where people are receiving the elements of communion, where our faith is centered around you and no one else, dear Lord. And that's what today's service is all about. How we give of ourselves so that others can know. And in doing that, how our lives are completely transformed. So today as we receive the tithes and offerings, we thank you, Lord, for your favor upon this church. We thank you, Lord God, for the people that give so generously so that we can do all that we do. And then, Lord God, we pray over these commitment cards. For those that are making commitments today that have already decided God bless those commitments and for those who will take these cards home and bring it back next week that you would you would encourage us with faith to give generously to pray fervently and to go willingly with great excitement for your glory we love you dear God praise you in Jesus' name.